0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the scene. Head over to the popcoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. We are raising money for the local artist in northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 in 2020. And although we're in a new year, bands will continue to struggle to perform like they once did. So grab a shirt, support a band, the proceeds of each sale. Go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axel Rad Screen Printing. Visit them today at axelradarmy.com. My guest today is the man, the myth, the legend, Jim McDonald. Jim is the guy who started the Weekender publication back in 1993. those of you who don't know, the Weekender back in the day was the Bible when it came to arts and entertainment in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Honored for him to be a part of the series I've been doing called Weekender Files. Jim tells us how it all started and where he is today. And what I really got from this conversation was to be optimistic, take chances, and when someone tells you you can't, prove them wrong. It was an inspiring conversation for sure, and uh, it was not only fun to talk about the good old days, but also where media is today and some current events. Welcome to the show Jim McDonald and alive. Welcome, Jim McDonald. Hi, Johnny to the show. How My are white you? whale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. That's good. No, so it, to okay. me that means like you are the the um, the guest. I didn't think I'd get.
1: Oh no, it's all good.
0: Yeah, I mean, Weekender
1: is a is a legacy thing. I love it.
0: You you are the guy who started it all. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, we had a lot of good
1: times. It was interesting. Um, it's funny as I think back. It was a time in my life where there were a lot of challenges too. So maybe focusing on that and seeing some success with it was, you know, was a good memory.
0: Yeah. So let's go back. I mean, it started in 1993. Um, tell us about, I mean, it was an entertainment weekly for me, especially. I mean, but I mean, for for a lot of people that I think not only employees that work there, but just the, the, um, community in Northeastern Pennsylvania, um, it definitely changed people's lives, so to speak.
1: Right. I'm not sure they were ready for it. Um, And I can tell you to a to a person, I can't tell you how many times I heard that will never work. Right. There were just a couple of important believers, um, you know, and it was a night and day thing, but something that you're passionate about and pushing through um, is worth it, I'd say, you know, and it really was something that, listen, I think I love where I came from. It molded me. It was great, good to me in so many ways. And there's so many people there I love and are friends with, et cetera. Um, But you know, it's 10 years behind. Let's face facts of what it was. And they weren't ready for a lot of the things that we were talking about, you know, um, gay clubs or condom man or whatever, you know, model of the week. I could go on and on and on. You know we had so much fun on on valentine's day we did the area's best divorce lawyers so you know we kind of took it as making fun of the the area that needed to you know taking some shots at it so it would advance socially um right. and it was a lot of fun and i remember a uh, an ad campaign we did <laughs> called either you get it or you don't you either get it or you don't and that's really what it was every week we sit around we talk about stuff we're like oh this will be crazy, you know? So, and it was highly effective. People read it. And as a result, they used the advertisers and away we went.
0: So are you, or were you from uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania? Dallas, Pennsylvania. Dallas, Pennsylvania. Wellington Ave. Born (laughs) born, born and raised. Memories there. (laughs) So, I mean, were you asked to start this product or were you like, you know what? We need this to to happen and I'm going to do it.
1: So here's a so here's a little, I have a little known and seldom used fact about The Weekender is that I started it before I started it with the Times Leader on my own. Right. And I stopped publishing it for about three or four months. I can't remember. That's a long time ago. I can't remember exactly. And I met an executive at the Times Leader on Public Square. I think I was listening to like one of those lunchtime concerts or something like that. Who knows? Um, and those back then? I think they did. Yeah. Or maybe I was just there looking at girls. I mean, I'm not sure, but, um, so, you know, he said, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I, you know, looking at different businesses to start and things to do. I wasn't quite sure. So why don't you come and talk to me? So I came and talked to him and he had seen the things I had done. I had done another paper before that, um, had grown up in the, the distribution business, um, that my dad had. So, and um, we started talking and I said, let's restart the weekend or I'd like it to be more edgy. And, you know, with the Times leaders distribution capabilities and infrastructure, et cetera, it made it a lot easier. It was a little tumultuous internally because they gave me free reign. And that was kind of my request. Like, I'll do this. But, you know, I see how successful these things are in other cities and we're going to have to you know, take some risks on it. And there were plenty of calls. Oh, my God plenty of calls people couldn't believe it a condom on the cover a man dressed up in a condom cons- con con uh, costume you know all kinds of things our first our first story ever was about a girl that was putting herself through college by stripping mm, so yeah. you know and it was a Catholic college there were all kinds of things like that that you know we'd sit and we kind of giggle about but that's life I mean you know stuff like that and People, there were afraid to talk about it. And that's why we pushed the envelope.
0: Right. And you did a great job. I mean, um, I'm familiar with you, just mostly your name. I think I met you maybe once or twice during my time at the weekender. So, I mean, for me, you were this, this, um, this like legend, you know, that you, you like you existed, <laughs> but you did that
1: far. I wish I was taller, but I mean, more legendary. man <laughs>
0: But no, I mean, like you, you, there's this, this, this thing that you, and you started it and, you know, I, I don't know that there's been anything since that product that's done the same thing. Obviously, you know, print media has taken a hit, um, you know, with social media and the internet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Fragmentation. And I, yeah. And I, but I just don't think that, I mean, I think by the time I got there at the weekend or not that I was going down by any means, but like you couldn't do as much because I don't know, people started getting offended and all that kind of stuff. Well,
1: they were offended from the start, make no mistake, but here's the thing. Um, I had this kind of, uh, it wasn't, I won't call it a protection card or anything like that. As long as I was successful with it, there was a strategy at the times later that we were taking market share from a key competitor and that's how I sold the project. And I said, you want the back page ads off of the Citizen Voice? Do you, do you want to open up markets that you don't have in the newspaper and gain market share? I'll do it. And we did it. So it was a business strategy as much as it was fun and an editorial strategy as well. Um, but what happened is after I left, um, I think that you know there's always internal power struggles in every newsroom, in every news organization. I've run plenty since then as well. And I've seen it over and over, you know, and so the newsroom reached in and said, well, we need to straighten this thing out. Well, straighten the thing out. It was the most widely read newspaper in the Northeastern Pennsylvania, more than the Scranton times, more than the times leader. I remember when we had a, a, a research study done and that came out, the editor of the times leader walked out of the room, like shaking her head. She couldn't believe it. And, you know, I was like, well, what did you expect? You know, we're engaging people. It's not the same product. You don't have to worry. So, right. Um, But I think that's really what happened is so as time went on, different people latched onto it and had control and didn't want to take risks for a while there, right after I left, or actually right before I left Disney bought the company. Um, So our competitors started to like send the paper into who was it then Bob Iger Um, You know, and say, how could your clean company, family company, Disney, print something like this? So, you know, it was good strategies, I guess. You know, they're fighting. I'm fighting. We're all fighting for market share. Um, But all of those things combined led it to be a little bit tighter, I'd say, than we had reins on us. And listen, I think if we had those same reins on us in the beginning, it wouldn't have been as ubiquitous of, of a reader thing. Um, it wouldn't have gained the flair. I mean, it was covered by, the, you know, eyewitness news a couple times for things that it did. And we um, just had a lot of success. People would talk about it. I'd go out to dinner and <laughs> I'd watch people um, asking the person they're sitting with questions, reading the weekend or like the model of the week asking, you know, the guy would be asking his girlfriend questions and Quite frankly, we just made them funny. It wasn't like some deep thinking thing. It's like, what's your favorite color? Right. And as a result, you know, I think it gave people an opportunity to look at themselves um, through a, a more, I don't know, humorous lens. Um, if you don't have humor, you're never going to be happy. <laughs> right. <So>. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you leave? 96. Um you know, I found that it was getting tighter on me, and I had an opportunity to go down to Baltimore and work at the city paper, which was a larger city, a larger market. I think one of the things that made me do it is when I started discussing it internally, one of the executives said, "Oh, you'll be a big you'll be a small fish in a big pond there here you're a big fish in a small pond and I was pretty like, that all that's all I needed to hear you know the the thing about me is. Uh, I find the great thing is life in life is doing what people say you can't do. Right. right. So uh, they said I couldn't do the weekender, said I couldn't be as successful in a big market. Well, you know, towards the, the middle of my career, I launched probably the largest daily newspaper launched in the last 50 years in the United States. So, oh, um, really? yeah, in Washington, the Washington Examiner, 260,000 daily delivered papers.
0: Wow. Yeah, I definitely want to get into what you did uh, post-Weekender, but um, as far as the Weekender goes, how old were you when you started that? Oh, come on. You're going to put my age out there? I have to because kidding, I have man. to. I mean, a frame oh, of reference. Man,
1: you know the thing. Um, <laughs> we're not girls. Say, how old was I? I can't remember back that far. Um, no, I think I was 30. What
0: year is it? 31. Yeah, so you're 31. young, right?
1: Like, I, mean, I was younger than that in, uh,
0: mentally, I think. Right. But like, so, I mean, how did you, I mean, so you're this young guy, you know, started this, this, this paper that like, you know, took off like wildfire. Um, You know, what was that like for, for a young guy Like, kind of like almost, I don't know. I, I feel like you probably felt like the, a little bit of like a king of the world for, for a minute there.
1: That was good. I mean, listen, but um, you know, I had some, some things that just made me put my head down and focus on the work there for a while. I lost, my mother, I uh, had a long-term relationship and all kind of at the same time. Right. So to me, it was put your head down and work and, you know, be successful at this. It's a great opportunity. Um, and then it started emerging and being really popular. And I just had a lot of fun with it. I mean, you know, that's kind of who I am. Um, you know, I like to I like to enjoy my life and yeah. uh, walk around sad. I'm a total optimist. Um, tell me I can't do something. I'm going to find a way to do it.
0: Well, yeah, you're not going to be successful if you're not optimistic, right?
1: Hundred percent, yeah.
0: Um, but oh, yeah, wow. so you, yeah, <laughs> really? absolutely. But so you start this, you know, you, you ended a, a long-term relationship. You said, but like now you're like, it had to be fun. I mean,
1: oh, it was so much fun. Hey, listen, our first edition, the whole team went skydiving. That's amazing, right? and we wrote about it. <laughs> and if we had a website, then it was like right prior. Um, there was video on the helmets. We would have probably published that too. So, you know, that was actually really good because it really built a bond with the team. Um, you know, and I don't know if you've ever been skydiving, but you don't jump out of the plane, they turn it over and you fall out of the plane. (laughs) I've (laughs) never been before (laughs) now. It's a total rush. I have a need for speed for some reason, but, um, you know, it was a really cool thing to do up front. i I didn't really talk to the execs at the times like before we did it, you know, I didn't even really think about legal ramifications, but after they saw the article in the paper, there was a lot of like oh boy <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that's that's cool though i i mean it's it's cool to make people react, yes, you know no matter what it is, whether it's readers or you know uh, employers or whatever it might be well, you're not hurting anyone that's exactly you know, let's get. Get
1: a reaction of
0: You know, people got mad about stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe their lives are not great.
1: I don't know. But
0: um, I don't see why. <laughs> I mean, did you think it would be as big as it was when you started it?
1: Well, I, I'm a big thinker that way. I actually... One of the reason, other reasons I left is... Um, We had approved to move into Allentown and start another weekender. You know, my thing was to go right down Eastern Pennsylvania into Philadelphia with the model. Um, And then Disney bought us and they pulled the plan back. So I was a little off about that. And I waited and then, you know, just certain opportunities came up and I took them and led to a lot of other great things in my life. So,
0: you know, that's a path you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, I know you popped in and out, um, through the years, um, you know, are you sad to see what, I mean, are you happy with its success as it continued to grow, you know, after you left? Um, but also kind of sad to see, you know, the turn it took where it kind of went downhill. Terribly
1: sad. Yes, absolutely. I I mean, it's hard for me to see that a, I don't want to see it go away. Um, you know, I've started a bunch of projects. That's really the first one that was really successful for me. So obviously it holds a place. Um, I was really happy to see this success because it was built up. You know, it doesn't all happen up front. The, the structure was built for that. And the, the brand was built for it, you know, and they took it to another level. And there were some good people. Rachel was great. Um, you know, I didn't know them all. I do know Rachel, and I really, really like her. I think she did a terrific job there. And you know, part of that, I I believe, was she was really passionate about it, and you have to be, you know, and you have to put your blinders on because everybody has an opinion, um, you know, and do we things is the right thing, move yeah. forward.
0: And I think as it as it continued on through the years, I I feel like management always kind of wanted to have their hands in it, and they mm. always. I remember they wanted to kind of you know move it into a digital direction, but never gave us the tools to to kind of go that way. Um, but I, I feel like there's that's that happens a lot with uh, right you know products or you know whatever it could be newspapers it could be you know whatever they, people have these big ideas they want it to go somewhere, but they don't want to put the time and effort behind it or the money. Um,
1: well, and part of that is you know you've got to sell that internally too, right? That that idea that strategy had to be sold internally in in, amongst competing interests that are looking for capital um so it, it wasn't compelling enough i guess when people put that forward to management or they prioritized other things i think they missed the mark quite frankly i'm i was surprised as i watched them pull back from scranton and taking market share out of scranton particularly because the competitor up there whom i work for and I very much like the family. Um, you know, why would you pull back if they're competing in your backyard? I would have gone harder. Right. Frankly, you know, that would have been the way, if I ever came back to the Times Leader, I'd be dropping something into Scranton <laughs> the first week. <laughs> Not because I dislike them much, just because I think it's a good strategy.
0: Right, no, of course. Yeah, I mean- I really like the Lions, they're great people. Now, do you, you say you work for them now? Or you worked- for do no. know, them? I worked, that's where I went actually. Um, after I left the
1: weekend or I went to Baltimore, they owned the Baltimore city paper. Right. Okay. So I stayed there a year and then I went to New York and ran the New York press, which was a great fun ride. Um, and where I met my wife.
0: Awesome. It's amazing how many people went from the times Leader to, um, you know, uh, time shamrock. It well, really they're
1: obviously they recruit, right. That's part of their strategy. It's smart. Take, yeah. If you take the best people away from your competitor, <laughs> no they're less competitive so
0: yeah i mean that's where i went when i left the weekender oh where did you go to the grand to- times oh well i went to their radio products okay yeah which is where i currently am now for the next uh two weeks gosh <laughs> i had some
1: good friends there yeah
0: yeah i mean i i mean I there's probably at least 10 people who between the years of 2013 and even 2015 who kind of jumped ship and uh came to Times Shamrock. It was funny too, because I remember being on the, the Times leader side and, you know, when Rich Connor was the editor for the um, Times leader and the publisher, and there was a, it was really a kind of like almost like a war. Right. Uh, which was exciting. I mean, like, I, I like competition. I grew up in the, the Michael Jordan era where, you know, if you talk trash to him, he'd like just bury you. Um, right. so like it was it was fun, like so you know weekender had the electric city diamond city, so I mean like I like that um and i don 't know where it stands today I think the the um the fires kind of died between the two'm not that was okay. my
1: question to you more so was how is that doing who's winning that battle between the times leader and um like Force? well it's
0: all it's all a numbers game, right it's you know you can, you can cut up those, those, uh, numbers any way you want to, you know, you, we're number one daily or we're number one, uh, circulation. Right, right. Yeah. So it's, and I mean, the pandemic changed everything too. Right. I mean, um, uh, it's definitely, but as far as like, you know, either side shouting from the rooftop rooftops that, you know, we're this or we're that that's kind of, it's been kind of non-existent. Um, which I guess, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's surprising that we could still be a two newspaper town, right?
1: Look for a consolidation. I can't see it happening any other way. I'm in mergers and acquisitions now, of media companies. And, you know, uh, the newspaper business is, is challenged. It's the nicest word I can use. Yeah. Um, all over the place. And there's not a lot of places for them to go. Um, fortunately, digital properties are starting to learn how to make money and be profitable. Um, maybe don't have the same sales volumes, but they'll get there. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I mean, when I left the Weekender, and I left on my own terms, I always thought the Weekender was this, like, it's like that girlfriend who cheated on you that you like you still love, but you hate at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, even to this day, like, I mean, it just, I didn't, I didn't leave cause I wanted to. I mean, I, I left cause I saw the writing on the wall and, and, um, I think I eventually would have been asked to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and for no other reason than, you know, budgetary concerns or, um, you know, new ownership, you know, cutting different things
1: people, out. right. And they bring different people in, yeah. and-
0: which is fine. Um, but yeah, I was, I was angry initially just cause, I mean, I was an intern in Oh four. And I was like, one day I want to be the GM of this, this newspaper. this weekly. Mm-hmm. And I loved that thing. I mean, I, I was, when I started there, I was out every single night of the week, which it was amazing. I remember waking up and every day saying, I can't believe I get paid to do this. I don't get paid much, but I get paid to party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's true. And not get paid much was true too, which is why I went somewhere else at the end of the day, you know? Um, But listen, it was what it was, you know, in terms of, of where the company was financially when I was there, at least. I think they got tight on it. Uh, And thought they could squeeze it. And that did not help it. As you were talking about earlier, there could have been reinvestments made in a digital product that would basically own Northeastern Pennsylvania right now. They could be pushing news through it. There's all kinds of things they could have done. Um,
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of us were doing things, you know, in 2007, uh, we were doing kind of like teaser videos for, you know, what was going to come out in the newspaper And I feel like that was kind of almost ahead of its time, you know, in that um, it was a, you know, a visual thing that lived online. Um, I'm trying to think of what I can compare it to that, like makes sense to today, but like it was in 2007, we were doing that. We were doing party favors, which would, you know, talk about, um, you know, what was coming up the weekend and and where, where to go, and what to do. And, uh, Mike Lillo and Nikki. What's we that? did a
1: thing online because we launched a website in or nineteen ninety five. Okay, one of the first ones, right, for Cap Cities because we were small. It was easy, small team. So, but in ninety six, I did this thing where we put um, bands online, so clips of their music, local bands. It was just kind of something to experiment with. And that's what I like about it. There was this um, forward thinking about it. Yeah, I'm not saying that in any political sense, right? I'm saying that in terms of socially in the Northeastern Pennsylvania region. There was a forward thinking about it, even from a technology standpoint, even about what, and it's good that that continued. I think that waned after maybe 2010, 2012. I'm not sure where it broke. I don't get back there that often. You know, I have family there, I have a lot of friends there. Um, I'll go up and play golf, you know, or drive through. My brother's in New York and drive through. And, have to stop at Grotto, of course. Um, and that is not a paid advertisement. I'll just put that (laughs) out there.
0: (laughs) But Grotto, if you're watching or listening and you want to sponsor this podcast, by all means, (laughs) I just had lunch there today, actually. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, I'm trying to think of when I I left in 2013 and it wasn't far after that, that it was kind of done, I think. And right now, I think it's in the... I was talking to someone who still works at the TL. And um, they stopped printing, I think, before the pandemic hit. And obviously, when the pandemic hit, it kind of stopped altogether. And I don't even think they update the website that often. Um, I think she said that it's kind of... It has the audience, but they're trying to figure out how to reach them. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. It should be too
1: hard. I should call them and buy it. It's got to be cheap, be, right? It'd be a lot of fun. I don't know how my wife would feel about that right now, but <laughs> from two hours away. And Where are hey, you at now? I live outside of Philadelphia in Gwinnon Valley. It's a uh, Fort Washington area. Um, I guess best described if you've driven down the Turnpike, I'm sure it's between Lansdale and Fort Washington. Okay. Lansdale and Plymouth meeting the way the
0: eh, Turnpike. It's not far. Not and there's less all. traffic now on the road. You'll get here in no time.
1: Oh, an hour and a half, I can
0: make
1: it. <laughs> Oh, wait, this is being recorded. Never, never less than two hours. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it, but how to do it and make money and. But nostalgia oh, is, it. is it's it's all the all
1: revenue streams that you can get. You can do ticketing. You can do events. We used to have. So I'll tell you one of the things that happened. A, a quick story. Um, we started this pubs and clubs section. And it was, you know, target market share. And I personally did it myself. And you talked about mm-hmm. it being fun. Well, I used to go out every night. I'd go to different bars and sometimes had would have drinks, but I'd go out. That's when you could see the bar owners, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we had this guy working for us, Ed. He's a great guy. He was so funny. Um, never made a deadline, I don't think. But <laughs> who cared? He was a lot of fun. Um, so he sold this campaign to Tanks. Do you remember Tanks? Oh, yeah so (laughs) we got the ad completely wrong on the first week they ran with us full pages for 52 weeks yeah tens of thousands of dollars completely wrong and 500 people showed up to see a band that wasn't playing awesome they were furious and they were like but we're not going to pull out because they saw how powerful it was yeah you know so we used to do a lot of events um you know, model searches, all kinds of fun stuff at clubs. And, you know, I think there's an events component that could work there. There's a number of ways that you can generate revenue at the weekender. Um, It's really about the engaged audience. If you are engaging the audience, you can monetize it. Right. By the way, without selling or or utilizing their data.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pet peeve of mine, but. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, Johnny.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the digital world is a is a weird place too. It's a sewer. Yeah, it's I mean, obviously you're on Facebook, that's how we connected. Um but um, I've
1: totally limited it,
0: really. Have you?
1: You know, I've I you know, I watch some of the stuff that goes on and I just eliminate that. I've been careful about who I let in. You know, I'm I'm honestly would say that if I didn't have a lot of uh, far-flung family family members, I'm come from a huge Irish family. Not only my own family, but hundreds of cousins. I think I don't know. You know how the Irish are, <laughs> um, uh, and I stayed in touch with a bunch of them that way. So right, you know, and I post pictures of my dogs, and my kids. And, you know. I stopped a couple of years ago. I was starting to post some stuff. I'm like, what am I doing? There's not, there's no. I'm never going to convince anybody of anything on Facebook. Why would I even try?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: If I share stuff on it. I'll probably find another platform. I've just been too lazy to, to get off it, but I don't, I don't like it. You know, I just don't like it. I don't feel good about it. Um, Especially on like politics to our, our society. Yeah. You know, I don't like how they act. I don't, I'm not a proponent of my kids on it. They use some. My my son doesn't. He doesn't use much social media at all. LinkedIn, believe it or not. But really, uh, yeah.
0: How old your son? He's seventeen. Oh boy. Getting ready to go to school. Oh boy.
1: Yeah, I've got two going to college. Same year. It's gonna be a rough year for me. <laughs> I was gonna say a lot of money. Day. Day. I have nobody. nobody, to, nobody to, my wife and I are gonna. You know, I guess we'll travel. Who knows. It maybe right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Exactly.
0: Uh, what are your thoughts on that? The whole pandemic and all that.
1: <laughs> you know, um, I'm an optimist. It's going to be over soon. Not over, but uh, more well-balanced. And I, I think there have been a bunch of mistakes made. Listen, nobody knew how to handle it. So it's, this isn't me pointing fingers at anybody. It's Nobody knew what the right protocols would be. They've improved the way they treat it. Um, but I can tell you this, I really abhor being locked, you know, listen, I, I never thought I'd be locked in my house without one of those things on my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, yeah. You know. Um, but in all seriousness, it's been, it's a very difficult thing and I don't think anybody measured the psychological impacts it had and things like that. Um, you know, I'm fortunate. I live in a great area. I've got a lot of property. I'm out, out with my dogs, out and about, and you know, swimming, whatever. I'm I can do stuff. I'm not right. locked in an apartment. I couldn't imagine if I still lived in New York City. Right. Uh, what it would be like just in a small apartment. I'd be going crazy.
0: Yeah, I have a cousin who lives in New York City, small apartment. Um, he was a waiter uh at a high profile restaurant and I you know, he couldn't work and he's you know, took oh. it seriously. And I think he locked himself in his apartment. I can't imagine, you know, being alone and, you know, just kind of looking at your four walls all day. I don't know. That is
1: not the way to live. And and I think that has to end. I actually think they're realizing that too. And, and we're finding out more every day about how to deal with it. So let's see what happens. Uh, like I said, I'm an optimist and um, you know, it's
0: not going to last forever that much. I know. Do you think New York city bounces back?
1: No, not oh, right away. No. I, there's been bad leadership there. It's not the same as it was. I lived there let's see ninety seven and ninety nine which was a great time. I felt safe. you know. I don't feel the same way about going into the city anymore. Um, it's changed dramatically and not in good ways. Um, it priced a lot of people out there's, there's big disparities there, so you know, I still love New York City, so don't take that out of context. I just think. With the pandemic, with um, the lack of leadership in the city of recent and maybe further than recent, um, you know, it's lost a lot of its luster. It's lost a lot of its residents and tax base. And I think people are realizing that they would rather be out of the city than in. Right. And listen, there's always a cycle. There was a cycle when people wanted to be in cities and and not out of them. So they'll bounce back, but not for the next few years, for sure. Could be a good time in about 18 months to buy real estate in New York city.
0: I think you're right. And also, I mean, there's so many places that, you know, people work remotely now too, you know, well, before, everything's
1: changed. I've you know. been working remotely for 10 years. So it hasn't changed my life that dramatically.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I laugh about it. You know, it's, it's pretty much the same thing for me every day, except for I have people home with me now to keep me company. So there you go.
0: So the last 10 years, what, what have you been up to?
1: Oh my goodness. Let's see. I mean, I was, I did, when I left, I went to a couple of alternative weeklies. I ran uh, the Alti in New York against the village Voice, and we had a lot of success and they went from paid to free when we were competing with them. I left there. I didn't love living in New York. You know, you're kind of trapped on that Island. Um, it's not the same as you know getting in your car and like driving to work or you know Philadelphia. I went to Philadelphia, ran Philly Weekly, then I got picked off by Metro, which was a free daily, and that kind of launched the best part of my career for me because it was a turnaround situation, and uh, we turned it around. It was high visibility, so. Um, it was a transit paper in Philadelphia. It was the first one in the United States and they were getting crushed and we turned it around and I got noticed and taken down to DC to do a deal down there. And that's where I started the examiner. I sold uh, this billionaire from Colorado, the company, um, and I did it with a prototype and a, a PowerPoint saying, hey, you can, it is this today. You can make it this tomorrow. Um And that was really good to me you know and that helped my career as well so since then i've gone back to metro the ceo of metro bought it and came back i worked for him for a few years i launched a magazine which i sold um i've advised some different clients some big companies some small companies and now i'm into uh mna i oh there's another i did another launch called breakingnews.com which we sold to msnbc Um, So I've been, you know, startups, turnarounds, media, but, you know, I found a way to um, always be around with my kids uh, and not, you know, maybe travel one, two, three days a month. You know, I did a deal in in the UK, actually, for a private equity company as well in 16. Um, So I was traveling a little there. But, you know, that was important to me. After I did the examiner, I spent a lot of time on that long days and nights to get that deal done. And my kids were really little. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't want to live that way. So I made the change and found ways to always be there for little league and cheerleading and all that kind of stuff that you would have never imagined would be me as I was running the weekend. But probably the best part of my life so far.
0: Yeah, I always say, you know, the the weekender was never a place for um, someone that was, you know, married with kids or even with a girlfriend or boyfriend. It's just not a, a... not a place for that.
1: <laughs> like, yes, It was not conducive for no. Your, your family.
0: No, that's great. I mean, it's always nice to see people, you know, realize the importance of, of family and being there. And, um, and I never, yeah, I never, was,
1: like, listen, your life evolves. We all yeah. evolve. That's where I went, you know, and, uh, I didn't know that it would be that good. You know what I mean? So to me, I got lucky. I'm a very lucky guy in a lot of ways and not everything I've done has been successful and I've made plenty of mistakes and done a lot of stupid things in my life. Um, you know, it's just, I try to make sure the good outweighs the bad. So
0: sure. And what would you attribute your success to? I mean, what?
1: I would what? never quit. Uh, you know, I see something and it's, if it becomes a challenge to me, um, you know, I have to do it. From I played competitive golf, I didn't have the best swing, you know, but I won. I found ways, you find ways to win if you want something. And, uh, you know, that's tenacity, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's because a lot of people who I talk to who are successful, I, that's that's a common thing right there. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just, you know, kind
1: Harvard of... and Yale. It's, not that they hurt, trust me, that's sure. great, you know, but if you have tenacity, you still have to have tenacity. Yeah. Win. You know, um, to me, it's, it's like a game, but I did figure out that at this, the last, I don't know, 20 years, 15 years, whatever, that there were more important things than winning all the time too. Right. So winning to me became a different set of values. Um, you know, maybe it was winning at little league. We did win a championship
0: there too, by the way. So. <laughs> that was you don't a- stop. You don't stop. You're right. You don't oh, stop. One of the great days of my life. <laughs> Oh man, I well, don't know.
1: Life's about having fun, enjoying the people you're with, and I try to find ways to do that wherever I'm at.
0: That's good. So I saw you have
1: a child, young child now.
0: Go I ahead. do. He just turned three uh, in December, right. so um, just
1: getting fun for you, starting to talk, and yeah,
0: Christmas was fun. He he, you know, understood that you know Santa was coming and if he was bold, he wasn't going to come and, (laughs) you know, ripped, ripped open the presents this year. And that was a lot of fun. And, uh, just to see the excitement on his face. The best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we had him, I guess I consider it late. I was 35 when we had him. My wife is four years younger than me. So, um, she was 31. Um, I was
1: was 40, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was little, she's a little younger than me, but, yeah. Like eleven
0: years or something like that. But. A little. <laughs> but hey, come on, man. come on, man! Oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I, got, I told you I was lucky. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm. I feel the same way. I'm. I always say I'm very lucky. Um. But yeah, it's. I wish. So when we had him, because my wife and I, she, she's very smart. She's a pharmacist, so she's in school for a thousand years. Because initially she went for she wanted to be a doctor did four years of undergrad, then decided she didn't want to be a doctor. She wanted to be a pharmacist. So be, between pharmacy school and her undergrad, she's like, all right, well, if I don't get into pharmacy school, I'll at least have a year towards my master's. So she did, you know, four years undergrad, a year towards her master's, got into pharmacy school. So another four years there. So I think a total of nine years and um, wow. yeah. So, uh, you know,
1: that's like me in college. I was on the 15 year plan. <laughs> <laughs> Three credits a year. No, there not you go. in all seriousness, but
0: you
1: know. Um listen, there's something to be said to that. My brother's a professor and just the lifestyle. It's a great lifestyle, you know, yeah. to be in school or to be studying or teaching.
0: Yeah. So. But yeah, so she's she's really smart, much smarter than I am. And uh so like you know, we just we never rushed anything and um got married in twenty fifteen and then had our son in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Wish we did that sooner, but I, everything happens for a reason, right? Hundred um, percent. There it's all it doing.
1: is. So that's that's what gets you where you are today,
0: right? And, yeah. But yeah, he's he's an absolute joy, uh, he's, and he's funny now too. But uh, he's also, you know, they say terrible twos, and then I've also heard that three is worse than two.
1: Yeah, So that's, there's A couple periods, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> he'll start to really kind of latch onto you, and you, you know, but he will be a little bit tough from maybe three to five, then they start to mature. Then like 12 and 13 and 14, when they start to gain independence, it's just a change really. I mean, I was probably a lot worse. I can't imagine, you know, I was the fifth of five boys, five rascally Irish boys. Oh wow. That was Pennsylvania. God bless my parents. That's all I can say. <laughs> my brothers.
0: Some of those guys weren't easy either. <laughs> well, that's probably where you got it from. You had to keep up. You had to, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, Fight. I, learned, I yeah. learned
1: all the wrong things from some of them.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> never, never got in real trouble, guys. right? They're great guys. So
1: please don't take that out of context.
0: <laughs> we didn't get in real trouble though. Right. So you're, I mean, you're still all right. Yeah. Listen, you know, that's, a, that's like the rule in my house with my kids.
1: Don't do anything stupid. That's going to affect you for the rest of your life. You know, I know you're going to make mistakes, but yeah. you know, um.
0: That's got to be hard now. I mean, you said they're not really on social media, but I mean, I I can't imagine what it it's like for you know kids that <clears throat> you know have social media from the day. day. Right. Well,
1: exactly. i know Listen, it's it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. You know, especially for um, the girls. I think a lot. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's. You know, I grew up
1: with all boys, so I didn't really have girls in my house except my mom. And my mom certainly you know, wasn't living through her teen years with me. So (laughs) I didn't realize how brutal girls can be to each other until. daughters. And uh,
0: yeah. It goes from, you know, bullying at school. Then, you know, now with the internet and social media, it goes home too. Oh yeah. You can hide behind it. Right. The bullies hide behind it.
1: That's true bullying. So, you know, uh, I have no, no patience for that, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. A
1: bad trait. <laughs> as far as media so, goes. I think we'll cycle out of social media if you want the truth. You know, my might take That'd a be couple cool. years. People are already starting to realize it. it's hard to do because there's not placements yet for communications or connections. But we'll certainly cycle out of this. Uh, you know, I, I would push for them to regulate how their ad campaigns work, how they use our data. We, you know, I don't need to be anybody's product. Yeah. So
0: um I, I'm an
1: advocate of that in a big way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it's you know they're there people are making a lot of money off of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and they're not helping, no, nobody's being helped by that. Right. right. We're all gaining from this experience. Um, you know, and there are certain things that we've gained from, as I mentioned before. Connections to my cousins or my family sure. or old friends, um, you know, that's really cool. It's great, but I did live a long time without that, and I was doing fine. Right. I could always pick up the phone. I wanted to call my cousin Mary or something, you know. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking we can't do without it. I'm guilty though, uh, you know, being a little hypocritical that I still have it, and and there have been a few times in the last year or two that I've even said. Uh, I'm done with this, and I'll go off for a while. Then I'll check in, mostly out of boredom, you know, because I have this phone in my hand, so I can check it when I'm bored. If I'm in an airport or waiting for a meeting, etc., my ADD
0: kicks in. <laughs> you know, there, there I am. Well, it's definitely convenient for times like that, though, right? Yeah, for sure.
1: There'll be a replacement, like there is for everything else.
0: Yeah, it's coming. I wonder what's next, though. You know, I never thought we'd <laughs> be net here. you know know,
1: um that's a great question on how that will fan out you look at you know, there's so much right now fragmenting the market it could go a lot of ways it may end up being different types of media for different groups of people i hope not i don't think that's good necessarily that you know um that you get these this tribalism but
0: we'll see right and uh you know, being a guy that's been in media for a long time, uh, what are your thoughts on, on media in general and, and not to, not to talk about politics at all. I'm just saying as far as a, you know, media is and how they um, I don't want to say pick sides. Cause that's not the right, that's not the right way to say it, but well, how they present the news and, and, and how they present
1: the news is a yeah. much better way to put it. First of all, I'll say this. I have a lot of friends. And there's a lot of great people involved. We all have a, a bias we are human and it is there um but what's happening i believe is the bias has become a business model right and you know it's not good it's really not good and it's not necessarily that all of the media are reporting um reporting fake news let's just i hate using that term (laughs) um but it's the way it's presented. It's, it's where you put the stories. It's how you headline them. And I'm not just talking about newspapers. I'm actually believe um, TV news is, is the worst at it, right? They are the worst, most biased and and all different ways to the right, to the left, you know, and it's bad for our country. It's bad for the news business. It's hurt um, the businesses in my mind, you know, because when you lose the trust of the people that are your readers you've lost a lot of value. right? So, you know, it's going to be an important thing to gain back and listen, that will evolve too. Um, it could evolve the wrong way. I hope it doesn't. You know, we have had a robust media. I've always paid attention to it, literally since I was six years old. And My dad you know, would come home, we'd watch the nightly news every single night, right? And never missed it. We always read newspapers. We were in the business. So I grew up actually unloading trucks and newspapers and sleeping on them in the middle of the night, waiting for the next truck. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of times, maybe because I had a couple of drinks before. <laughs> I went, hey, that's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a very big, deep passion for the media business. I'm discouraged at what I've seen. And as it fragments more, Invoices voices become more calcified in one area or the other, it gets worse, you know, because there's a kernel of truth in a lot of what they all say. And then they build off of that. So there's the bad news, you know? So I think you really have to pick where you're going to get news um, and actually look at several different sources to kind of format your own opinion. Right. How I look at it right now and i try to teach my kids that too we have deep discussions my my son's really smart my daughter is she's got this um this kind of sense about her particularly about you know she sees things sees things in the market trends and things like that my other daughter has graduated and is actually living in florida but we have the same kind of, kind of conversation so i try to teach them you know don't just Tell me you saw stories. So this is it. Look around, get facts from different places, and make your own informed decision. Right. Um, and to go, and I'm not going to go into that right now. But I mean, I think we all know, you know, where not to go. Um, and it's on both sides, quite frankly. It's you've got it. So I'm in M&A right now, doing mergers and acquisitions in media. And I, you know, there's people on the left that are buying up community papers. There's all strategies. And there's people on the right doing the same thing, you know, and the ones that the people on the left complain when they see the guy on the right, buying 500 newspapers and the people on vice versa. No, not one is better than the other. So that's not what this conversation is about from my perspective. It's about, you know, how how do we get news and important facts out to people so they're supporting the right things? Yeah. Lost our way that way. There used to be a, um, A thing about being a journalist like it was an honor of sorts you know the truth was paramount and there was bias because bias is inherent in humans but not the same way it wasn't directed from the head of a network or the editor of a, a newspaper that you have to write a certain way cover a certain way go after this story harder than this story or not do this story because it doesn't fit the narrative of all the other things they written and that's happening, quite frankly, and it's it's scary and disappointing. Yeah, but that being said, I want to say this: there's a lot of great media out there too, still, and a lot of great journalists out there too that are telling the stories and doing the work. Um, you know, it does strike me that we don't get the same uh, bombshell investigative stories that we used to get at one time, right? Right. You know, the Watergate's, and listen, we all know those stories are happening for sure. They're out
0: there to get, Yeah, Yeah. you know, I think it's cool that there's so many different outlets to get your news from, as opposed to just one that, you know, that they could say whatever they want to and expect us to believe it. But I also think it's unfortunate that we have to, like you said, you know, look up five or six different sources just to see like what's right. And then even at that point, it's like, well, what, if, if three people are saying this and four people are saying this, like who's right. And who's wrong. So I try to look
1: past that and glean the facts out of the content that I ingest um, and make my own call. Tank agrees. He's he's barking in the back back of my office with me. My other two dogs are downstairs. They're too big here to be up in my office. (laughs) (laughs) Up here. Um, But anyway, you know, I I think that's one way to do it. But I go to trusted sources too or, or most trusted sources, you know, I know a lot of people in media too. I mean, I kind of know where to look. If I'm in, uh, I don't know, Southern Maryland or wherever I might be, Arizona, you know, where do I look? And, and, I, and I'm not. And that's one thing I find, having worked on the inside, I step back and I look at how people look at it on the outside, and they don't realize that, you know, I knew a lot of journalists at a lot of places at the Washington Examiner. I mean, you know, and they had a slant. And just that's that's how it is and you have to understand that going in that and not everybody does right there's the issue
0: I think you're right for sure it's a crazy world (laughs)
1: listen I think we'll be fine I think there's a lot of things a lot of things that are moving parts here that uh, we don't have information on yet and we'll get through it America always does. I lived through. Listen, you know, it's funny. I was talking the other day to my kids about when I was growing up, I always thought that the um, the White House, the Pentagon, these areas, the the Capitol were impenetrable. You know, there was always stories that if you jumped over the fence at the White House, you were shot by snipers and that they had, you know, they had these beams that they could knock planes out of the (laughs) skies And in my life since then, I have seen the Pentagon hit with a plane and the Capitol overrun. And, and that's that scares me, yeah. to be honest with you. Because, um, you know, I think America's got a lot of flaws, but it's got the right formula if we apply it right. It's, it's, you know, it's the right place. That's why everybody's so drawn to it. Um, and everybody gets all flustered about, well, America stinks or America's great, whatever. You know, what we've got is an aspirational country. We aspire to be better all the time. That's what it should be, right? We shouldn't be looking at it in these other contexts. If we can aspire to the values that were set forth and meet them and, or get better at them every day, you know, we'll be great.
0: Right. You, yeah.
1: you got to live with optimism,
0: Honestly, Yeah. I mean, uh, if nothing else in this conversation, I, I, you know, being optimist, being optimistic is uh, the way to be.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you a lot of people right now with pandemic and all the other things, it's hard to have optimism. Um, and we need to re-inject it. I think
0: we yeah. need it. I hope we can. I hope, you know, obviously again, not to get political, I mean, the results are results. I, and I just, I've always been that guy. Like I, you know, move on. Yeah. It's America. You know, the captain. Yeah. I mean the, 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 the pilot of the ship, I mean, you know, we want him to, to, to land safely. Right. Yeah. You got to root for him. (laughs) (laughs) So Your destiny is tied to that. That's what I can't figure out. Um, did I say pilot of the ship? Yeah. Pilot of the ship. Pilot of the plane. <laughs> Captain <laughs> of the ship. you are thinking futuristically. Jesus. Yeah. Maybe. A little too much Star Trek maybe in the, uh, early 90s. yeah. But well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, like cool. I said, I wanted to, I wanted to get the guy who started the weekender who ultimately, you know, if, if that didn't exist, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, you know, I've always like, heard stories about you. Like I said, i met you a couple of times. Um, I hope you didn't hear them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear them. I don't think we could record them, but... Uh, <laughs> no, there's certain ones I
1: probably don't want to record.
0: <laughs> but that's the joy of, you know, being at the Weekender when camera phones and things like that did not exist. <laughs>
1: sure.
0: Oh, they should... Wow. We never <laughs> recorded our editorial meetings. Forget about it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> a lot of fun. But, favorite weekend or moment, what would it be? Wow. Wow.
1: That's a, that's a really tough one. Um, I I think it was the day we launched it. It's just so exciting, honestly. And it was so hard because it was, you know, um, it was hard to do it within the structure of the times leader organization. Some people didn't even want it done. Um, and there were all kinds of roadblocks and people telling me they'll never work. Um, and when it hit, it, it was almost like the first week, we sent hawkers out, out in the street, handing them out. Totally rogue. I have to say, I don't think it was, we should have had people like in the middle of uh, Wyoming Avenue handing out newspapers or public
0: square <laughs> or whatever. Well, Christy uh-huh. Greer was talking about that, that she was, yeah, that she was there. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, she was one of the people helping you hand um, them out. You know, there were great people I was working
1: with. It was a, it was very, um, I have to say it was a tough year for me that year. And, and I was very grateful to be able to get that out and done successfully. And literally, I think I picked up the last ad four hours after deadline, um, you know, and got it in <laughs> and everybody was like scratching their head. And there's me in the composing room and there's, they don't have composing rooms anymore really in, in newspapers um you know but we were still doing paste up that's how long ago it was right but so you know i think it went to press at one and i don't think i slept that night i think i waited for it frankly to come off the press
0: yeah i think i would have too that's
1: cool yeah you know, so it was really cool but there are many there are many great moments being at at events where thousands of people would show up and you know um It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And everybody, listen, there was, we were fortunate. I was really fortunate that I had a team of people that were just filled with ideas, you know, and we didn't have any pretense amongst us. There was no time. Anybody felt like they couldn't throw something out there, you know, and we'd bust them if it was a bad idea and they (laughs) didn't mind. That's the thing. It wasn't mean or anything like that. Um, We had a great, great group of people. It was a lot of fun.
0: That's great well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for starting the weekender. Uh, thank you for being a pioneer, so to speak, uh, in our area. Well, thank you. Thanks
1: for all the compliments. I'm not sure I'm worthy, but
0: no, I mean, it is, it is what it is. Like, I mean, it was a great product and, you know, people, people message me about these things I'm doing here, just like saying, Hey, like, I, I was never at an event or whatever, but like, I remember the Weekender and it was really great, you know, the, the local music, yada, yada, yada. And that's kind of what, I mean, I, I started doing this for, for me, it was a selfish, re, you know, thing, um, mm-hmm. to an extent um, because my memory is starting to get a little fuzzy as far as like, you know, my, my life there. But then I'm like, you know what, there's so much before me that, you know, I don't know about that I would love to know about. And also if people remember those good times, maybe they'd be interested in, you know, learning to you know see who started it all or, you know, see, you know. Well, I'd
1: love, love to see it come back. So I'm glad that we did this. I'd love to see it come back. And listen, I just think they got to bring it, make it a little more edgy and re-engage the readership. You know, I'll, I'll never forget one thing um, that was said to me by the publisher, of the times leader, when I started it, uh, we went to lunch like that day that I just told you about and, was asking me what's on the cover and I said well there's a <laughs> woman in a bikini that says does your mother know you strip and it was the the article I talked about that the woman that put herself through college that way it was a great story quite frankly um stories like that weren't being told there and you know he looked at me and I've, I've actually lived with these words and he said Jim if you get readers you'll get advertisers so do it so I was Boy, I followed that mantra for a few years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's how it works, right? That's exactly how it works. So, yeah, it's unfortunate we kind of lost our way. I think it it just became, I'm I'm not bland. It just, it it became safe. It became, you know, clean to an extent. Right. Right.
1: But. Gotta take chances, Johnny. Yeah. It's full of opportunities to do it. Be
0: smart about it, but, you know. Right. That's what I'll take away too. Take chances. Write that one down.
1: But then if you fail on that chance just get up and take another one.
0: Yeah. I was, I talked to, um, I'm releasing a a podcast, uh, on Friday. Um, well this will be out next week, but, um, between you and I, this Friday, a young kid, a musician, and he was a trader on wall street. Uh, great job, made a lot of money. And then he just quit quit his job to focus on music mm-hmm. and a young kid. And um, so I told him, I said, you know, people always told me like, do it when you're young because you have, you know, you have a chance to, if it doesn't work out or whatever, you can, you know. Move on,
1: yeah, do something else, right. You
0: know, it's not too late to, you know, you don't, you're not married with kids and, you know, a house and all that kind of stuff where you right. you know, you can fail now and, and not, you know, lose. So Right, right.
1: Well, I mean, that's, listen, you can fail when you're in your fifties too and still recover. I just yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of failures in life, many failures, whatever that call that aggregate into success. And, you know, having played sports and competitive golf and things like that and been in business enough, you know, and tried stuff. I've tried all kinds of stuff. You know, we did a thing at Philadelphia weekly called brain soap, um, which was kind of a garage band thing too, right? And failed completely. Brain soap. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was called brain soap, but Uh So it was really just to preview local bands. Okay. Now, but we didn't have the technology or the depth of knowledge or knew how to monetize it. It wasn't an idea before it's time, MySpace, you know, but hey, it is what it is. I'm not embarrassed by that. I tried something. I recognized it wasn't working. I moved on to
0: something else. Yeah. So, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, for sure. Listen,
1: thank you. I appreciate the time. It's, thank uh, you. Looking out for it and share it. I'll share it
0: on social media. <laughs> next, next week. Yeah. You, mean uh, like you don't believe in it, but we'll share it on social media. Yeah, exactly. We might as well use it for something, right? Yeah. Well, this is a good conversation. This is, you exactly. know, speaking about positivity and optimism and all that kind of stuff. This is good. This is good to share.
1: Agree. Agree. Great talking. Thank you You so much.
0: Thank you very much. All right. See you. I'll see you.